0: This episode of Nintendo Voice Chat is brought to you by Gamefly. Gamefly is a way to buy and rent all your favorite games while saving money. Go to Gamefly.com, pick your favorite games, and have them mailed directly to your door. Go to Gamefly.com NVC and start your free premium 30-day trial today.
2: Nintendo! Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat for the week of May 18th, 2017. I'm your host, Isaiah Otero, and coming up on Nintendo Voice Chat, we've got the games we've been playing. We're going to talk about Thumper. We're going to talk about uh, Ultra Street Fighter 2, the final challengers. Then we're going to transition over to something new. We have an interview with Patricia Somerset. She is the voice of Zelda in Breath of the Wild. And then finally, we're going to come back around and give you our thoughts about The Arms Direct and Splatoon 2's campaign trailer, which was really cool. Uh, Joining me this week, I have Brian Altano. Hello. I have Pear Schneider. Howdy. And, of course, just a little bit of housekeeping for you. Please keep in mind that you can watch NVC on IGN.com's front page. Just click on the Shows tab, head down to NVC Nintendo Voice Chat. You'll find it right there. Or you can find us. If you're watching us on YouTube right now, you can actually see the full episode of this show uh, on youtube.com/slash/NintendoVoiceChat. Make sure that you come check that out. And if you're on podcast services, leave us leave us feedback. Send us an email nvc at ign.com or just through iTunes through whatever you're using. If there's a feedback message. Send it to us. Let us know what you think of the show. So let's kick things off with what games we're playing. And uh, do you guys want to start with Thumper or with Street Fighter 2, Ultra Street Fighter 2? Ooh, where?
0: I'm playing both. So Okay. Which can we, talk about, we can talk about Street Fighter 2? Yeah, we can. Yeah, no. We,
2: we, we, which, so Street Fighter then?
0: Well, well I, there's a lot of secrets in this game you might not know about. <laughs> even oh, Street Fighter 2? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. really?
2: That 30-year-old yeah. classic? Yeah. Uh, Silent so Ken? Let's start with Street Fighter 2 then. Right, yeah, we're we'll here. Let's just... do
0: it. Um, I think this is a really cool, really uh, sort of interesting package for Capcom to put together. Um, it sort of falls in line with what they did for the Mega Man collection and what they did for the Disney Afternoon collection, which I played recently, uh, in that it's this fantastic celebration of a game and a franchise that folds in all of the uh, concept art and original packaging and just really cool stuff that you can geek around in. The options, the menus, all of that is fantastic. Uh, I think what's throwing me off on this game is two major things. One, um, the lack of a Switch D-pad, which I think is... Affecting me more than I thought it would. I'm making it work. You know, I'm still throwing my Hadoukens. Uh, And number two, the fact that this game is twice as much as those aforementioned games are.
2: Yeah.
3: Mm. So
0: um, that said, I really do like this package and having it On your Switch, along with like Minecraft and Mario Kart and Zelda and a bunch of other things and Tetris. Like, it's really starting to build a great library there. But
2: I I agree. I think my my biggest concern with it, though, is that uh, while Street Fighter 2 is a lot of fun and there have been some balance tweaks and changes, it's based on not the original, but sort of a hybrid. It's had, it has some updates behind it. Um, and if I was a more hardcore FGC player, I'd be able to point them out. But I will say, does feel a little bit like a minimal effort. Approach by Capcom, and it's something that I'm not sure I'm okay with. Uh, and what I mean by that is that, yes, like a lot of nostalgia plays today, it has a new art style and it has the original art style, and you yep. can swap between them. And the new art style, actually, you saw for the first time a few years ago when you got Super Turbo, Championship, Revival, whatever. Like, I can't remember the full thing, but it was a Street Fighter II HD that was released on 360 and right. on PS3. Um, and so a lot of these assets come lifted from there. Um, and that's fine. But the way you swap between visual styles is a bit clunky. You have to go it into is. the options menu yeah. in order to choose, rather than just straight off the versus screen, letting someone just make that call right there. Hey, which ver- which flavor do you want to play? Right. Which one do you want to go with? Yeah. I don't need it to switch in real time while I'm playing. I think that's distracting, and you don't want that, right? right. Once you enter into a match, You've locked in. But at the start of one, why does this have to be complicated? Now, they were smart, though. The graphics are separate from the audio. So you could have new graphics, old audio, which, which I love. Great. You can do a Hadouken or Hadouken. Yeah, or yeah. Hadouken. Like that, really, that really long O that uh, the Ryu uh, added. <laughs> it's, it's spelled like yeah. O-U-O-U-O-U. Hadouken.
3: Yeah, just it's like a chicken.
2: frails. yeah. Um, rolls off the tongue. Uh, I love playing it that way. Yeah, um, But uh, then... I mean, way of the Hadou. Like, what is going on? That's what it's oh, called, you right? You went back. right yeah. to the yeah. bad part. So yeah. what is... Okay, so to set the table, yeah. this <laughs> is uh, a mode in Street Fighter, uh, Ultra Street Fighter 2, the final challengers, where you basically can use the Joy-Con and motion gestures to throw Hadoukens, Shoryukens, Tatumatekdakdukes, and just live out the Street Fighter <laughs> fantasy of your dreams. Yep. Um, I don't know if I've been dreaming. You got a little Christopher walking at the end.
3: I'm still amazed at your uh, your monkey <laughs> kick there, rendition there. That was nice. Um, I, I think this was an experiment that went all right. And yeah. it's the thing when I when I first heard about arms, right, and having motion control and, and 3D punches like that, I was like, no, please, because I'm so used to these failed Wii style experiments. Like mm-hmm. I tried, man. It's like the game's showing you this is how you throw an, uh, a hadouken, and, and you know you do this and this and this. Uh-huh. And I (laughs) and it works one out of three times or what's your success ratio and like I get it it's supposed to not be that easy but then it's not that fun because it feels like you're not in control so it's
2: basically a a sort of survival mode Uh, endless waves of enemies are coming at you and you basically have to shoot your hadoukens or your uh, shoryukens or your do kicks all that stuff you try to basically survive through it the way you do the kick by the way have you seen how you do the hurricane kick? no I don't think I got I think fun. you have to, like, swipe to the right or to the <sighs> left. I don't like it. it it's was not reliable. reliable. It doesn't work. This is the reason why whenever someone tries something with We remote can't remote have control, nice things. Yeah. We can't have nice things. People get uh, eyebrows uh, arch immediately because they're just like, I don't trust this. Like, I've well, I mean, seen too many well, games like this that fail. When,
0: when you make anything ever... Your question should be Who is this for? Mm. And to me, I'm like, Who is this for? Because, like, the hardcore Street Fighter crowd are probably like, Why would I ever touch this? You know, like, once you throw a Hadouken and it doesn't work, then I I give up. Uh, The casual Street Fighter crowd probably has, has, they don't care about this at all. So I guess you're down to maybe like children, like kids. or are you servicing
3: right it, a publisher, a platform holder, and maybe Nintendo in the beginning said you got to have something special in possible. this edition. Yeah, totally Otherwise, right. it's just a remake of an edition that was already out. Right? You
0: mentioned the two art styles. This is an, a very odd Street Fighter game because it actually has three art styles total. and One is the Street Fighter 5 one, which is very weird to me. So you've got the classic 16-bit, right? You've got the newer sort of HD remix version, and then you've got the Street Fighter 5 assets that are tilted in first person, so you're seeing Ryu's fists, and he's fighting like waves of like kind of nameless enemies, yeah. it's very very odd. It's very
2: yeah. shiny uh, assets too at that. Yeah. Like you can tell they didn't want to commit too many resources to whatever they were trying to build. And this is not to say that maybe this package came together on a schedule, a very tight one. This was the best they can figure out in the time they had. We don't know how long they've been talking yeah. to Nintendo about it, but it's a lame product. It is. And it, the weird it's thing is, very
0: like, lame. When you play Smash Brothers, right? And Smash Brothers has a billion modes in it, and you get to some of the weaker ones. You like target smash. Don't get mad at me. I'm just bad at it. I, love tar- I know, I know, I know. But like the button for Target Smash isn't as big as the button for Smash Brothers, right? right? Mm-hmm. But on this menu, it's like it lists everything and Way of the Hottos the same as, as everything else is. It's, like it's just there.
3: It's the one unique thing. But when you, I mean, if you ignore this mode and I think everybody should try it, should. it just to be angry for a second. And then you go back to the core game and like Street Fighter, the reason why it's still so fun to play is that it's, it's just so well designed, right? Yeah. And I hear you on the D-pad it's not as fun with the split buttons. I play it with a pro controller. It works yeah. really well. Mm-hmm. Um, it does... I You know, I've spent dozens of hours of playing it on the Super Famicom on the Super NES when it came out back in the 90s played it in arcades I had a hard time pulling off some of the moves even though they they should be second nature yeah. uh, you know like Sonic Boom or any of these these kind of classic uh, moves and it took me a while to get used to it on the uh, Pro Controller because the D-pad is a little more raised too you know it feels right. a little different yeah. um, but in the end I was able to do it um, playing against my kids it's really fun this is the first time that they've been exposed to Street Fighter and they can the glory of it as well.
2: And it has a, a really good f- a few other pieces of fan service. It has uh, the sort of limited release art book that uh, isn't available today for sale. Yep. A um, lot of booty shots in that book, but overall, uh, still... Japan! Like, Japan. Japan. Uh, but still uh, a really cool piece of fan service for a Street Fighter fan, which yep. I think is yep. nice. And ultimately... If uh, Way of the Hado wasn't part of it and would somehow bring the price down slightly, I'd say, yeah, go right ahead. Uh, But I do think it's up to folks to kind of look at that sticker price and say, how do you feel about that Um, and and make that decision. I'm not giving it a glowing endorsement, I guess is what I'm saying. I really dug the Sprite
0: editor. I don't know if any of you guys dug into that, but in the options menu, you can customize. go in and customize like each almost.
2: Oh, that like, is really cool. Yes.
0: I think it's down to like four or five sets of parts for per character. And you can sort of be like, I want to make this like weird shadow Ryu with like a pink headband. Or right. I want to make like Ken, who's like
2: entirely bright blue. Like, in my game, Latinos took over the Street Fighter universe. They're all <laughs> tan. Every every character is now tan. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, it's beautiful. Like, yep. I love it. Uh, even DJ, we lightened him up a little bit. So, yeah. so he's, he's, he's with us. Uh, and
0: I noticed they got rid of the uh, part where you beat up the car. Is that not a thing? Um, where is that? That should have just been there.
2: No. Yeah. And I also wish mm-hmm. that when you change the voices, uh, the voices. So right now, whenever you switch to the old voices, it only applies to the characters themselves. So yeah. Chun-Li Ryu, uh, everyone who's been a part of it. Now they've got Violent Ken and, Viol- and Evil Ryu. They've got those guys uh, as additions. But the announcer stays the same. And And you never remember, the too, but I, I guess this is also a formality, right? Because they don't call it USSR anymore. They, it's now called USSR. Russia. Back in the day when you flew to yeah. fight Zangief, he said, USSR. <laughs> dun, 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 I know, and I miss dun, that. I've been doing those voices for years. That's like the nostalgia
3: play that I would have appreciated if they had gone yeah. the extra mile. Um, not like the USSR is going to sue you or anything for, for including that. Well, it's um, just weird to be like, it's
0: not realistic anymore. Yeah.
3: Anyway, here's a man that throws fire. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. but, um, <laughs> there's no ussr so the, the main attraction <laughs> for me though with this game is and i have i can still play street fighter 2 on my my super nes at home so i didn't really need it right. But having this game on the go again is pretty cool and i i do think that um Playing it with a sideways Joy-Con is surprisingly good. I tried it on our local Street Fighter aficionados, took it to Mark Ryan, Sully, some of the guys here, propped up the machine for them, and they played a bunch, and they liked it. The only thing is the the two shoulder buttons. Mm -hmm. Right. Because you're mapping, you know, light, medium, strong punches and kicks to the six only buttons buttons on them. Yeah, totally. So you have to use, obviously, you have to use a stick instead of a D-pad, and then the two shoulder buttons for the heavy punch and kick are tiny. and so. The strap helps a ton. So if you take it on the go, bring the, the I've
0: actually found myself, um, just throwing the joy con straps in my case every time I travel with it now, because there is that like, you know, that off chance that like, and I think it's stuff like Mario Kart, like trying to power slide in that game. I think I described it in the show as like trying to power slide with the volume buttons on your phone. Like it's difficult. Right. So, and those straps are tiny. If, is there a way to just rip that damn rope off of them? I hate those ropes.
2: You don't like the, the strap. I mean, for me, it makes it easier to not lose, but I can hear you. Yeah. You just put it on your first. on your arms. I hold one of them. I think it's just reflex, though. Uh, but you're I will so say, so many Nintendo demos. <laughs> yeah, you kind of like trained uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, put put the strap Nintendo on. Nintendo demos—they don't let you play unless you put yeah, put, put on the, the, the strap here. on. Yeah, the minute you put it on first, they're like, "Oh, you did it!" Oh, that's right. <laughs> Like they notice yeah. when when you—that's the first thing you do. Um, I do wish that on future revisions of the strap, they find a way to make the LNR less springy. Yeah, I, I agree. I feel like there is something that needs to get fixed there because whatever the mechanism is that's pushing on the SL and the SR buttons. Um it doesn't respond as strongly as you would hope it would, and you got kind of you kind of got to press hard. It feels like stronger Than you feel, yeah. It's, it's
0: not a guarantee. Like I mean, I, I noticed it in Mario Kart where I'm like I'm holding my I'm, I'm, you hold a shell behind you, right? Yeah. And sometimes it would just release the hold, or other times I would go to hit it the right moment to like sort of block a blue shell with that big you know music sound thing, and it didn't work. So yeah. that's that's definitely an issue. But yeah, you're right. Street Fighter is a six button game. Okay. Um, it's cool. It's a cool novelty to sort of on the go be like oh pull my two joy cons off the side start playing street fighter um and i think that's really what this game comes down to like it's novel to have it with you anywhere yeah but i don't know if this will ever replace anybody's
2: like full-fledged street fighter time No, yeah and it's not meant to i think it is very much a nostalgia play for folks who just they have kids now that's how Capcom kind of looks at it when we talk to them too they're like oh these a lot of these players have kids it just to to me it falls into this very sort of light like just low effort approach though mm-hmm. like i feel like capcom did it with this namco's doing it with this arcade collection that's coming to this like again like just going for the nostalgia play going for that crowd um and I don't know. I want to see these publishers like bring like their their a game to this platform, like the rare like the rare collection for or Monster example, Hunter. Or, yeah. You know, like you know the, what it is. The oh, I, I
3: see. You're saying not not just uh, re releasing classic. classic yeah, games.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Although classic yeah. games are smart. I mean, the Disney Afternoon Collection should have absolutely been on yeah. Switch. I think that was a complete messed up. You know what it is? Um, it was the first Capcom game th- for Switch. I think it, I think it will yes, get there. This yes, is this
0: the is. first.
3: Um, I think that opening.
0: we've been talking about Nintendo Switch as a as a hybrid for so long, right? The the handheld console hybrid. And I think there's a certain like sort of like quality barrier that we least hope for from major third parties when it comes to console games. And I feel like that is just like, statistically lower for handheld games. Like yeah, when the GBA launches, Namco's there to be like, "Oh, you guys want a F1 pole position for Atari? Oh, we got that. We got Dig Dug. We got all your freight all your best friends are here." So I think this feels sort of like this feels like a game that would have launched with like the DS or the GBA or even maybe the 3DS, but it doesn't feel like a game that, that it would have put on on like Wii U or PS4. No, or and
2: Xbox it's definitely one. trying to be aware of the audience, right? Because you can't I think that for a lot of publishers too, maybe they learned in the Wii era and especially in the Wii U era that the audience is not comprised of only hardcore gamers. Right. That there are, mm-hmm. you know, because Nintendo tends to skew younger and because Nintendo tends to skew to the families, these are people who you may want to try something a little different to hook and approach. Um, and I think there are successes and failures w- with that sort of attempt. But this this to me I will say it is good I I have fun with it I will definitely play it on the weekends if I'm out and about and you know like uh, a friend and I go out and eat and we want to play Street Fighter and just settle it right there again another example of of right there yeah Yeah. just handle it let's play this game let's get competitive I really like that about it I really
0: feel like in this game and I hate to like complain about price stuff but if this game was half the price it would have been it would be a no brainer for me to be like yeah you get Street Fighter everywhere and it's got new graphic styles you can change the sprites and there's blah 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 Mm -hmm. but at 40 dollars it becomes like a. Well, how much do you really love Street Fighter? You know,
2: mm. same thing with Bomberman. But at least uh, the post-launch support for that game has been much better. They, yeah, they, that thing even has Silent Hill DSC. That, I know. That's really um, <laughs> okay, let's talk about uh, Thumper then, which is uh, by I believe the developers called Drool. Drool. Uh, this was a PlayStation VR launch game. Played can it. play, can play with VR, or without on PlayStation 4 or your PlayStation 4 Pro. Now on Switch. This is a rhythm action game, unlike anything you've played before. And I will say that uh, as someone who really loves that genre and has a lot of investment in it, uh, where Rhythm Heaven is sort of the quirky, the offbeat, uh, even the humorous. This is just this is one of the most tense, uncomfortable environments I've ever been in while playing a music game. Yeah. Um. It's it's just it's very. Godly. It's very industrial. The music is a lot of like metallic and bashing sounds. Um, and when you die, especially, it's just like this Ooh. violent explosion. The whole screen just catches right. you off guard. Um, I feel like if I had to, ca- it's like signing up for a music class, but it's the meanest teacher you've ever <laughs> met in your life. That's what it feels yeah, like to me as someone who really like loves that genre. Yeah, I want to hear your experience. No, it's just
3: really stylish. Like I, when I saw Chloe originally playing it for, for review for the P. PSVR, I'm like, what is that? Is this right. some sort of scarab roller coaster simulator? Like it, it, it has that That's kind what of. it like, looks like? <laughs> it has this kind of guitar hero like scrolling setup mm-hmm. on a track and all that. But then of course, there stuff starts happening. Um, no, it just has this cool metallic look and it it sounds especially when you're wearing headphones. It sounds just really really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's sort of got the the rhythm ish feel of
0: like a, a bit trip runner game. Yeah, but w- with all of the candy shell colors just. Strip right off. It is this game is a th- it's a threat
2: by <laughs> bosses and yeah. they're like these ugly sort of foreboding. Yeah. The, the targets that With like tentacles swirling you. everywhere, and
0: yeah. like you know, they um, they I played this game on on PSVR at launch, and uh, it's it's terrifying, yeah. like, and it's and it's one of those things where it feels like a fever dream, like when those nights where, you, where you're sick and you're like, I'll have some quill and go to bed and in the middle of the night, you're like, Oh my god, <laughs> That's what you see, <laughs> yeah, yeah, my brain's a wreck, uh,
2: <laughs> so centipede, <laughs> uh, whatever, go ahead, sorry,
0: um, and I, I adored this game on PSVR. And when I first my knee jerk reaction to hearing it was coming to Switch was like, Oh. A why? Yeah, like why would you do that? This is a PSVR game. It, it makes perfect sense in VR. And then I read some stuff about how it's 60, 60 frames per second. Then I read about how it's 1080p on the on in in DOX mode. Then I read about how they pulled the camera out a little bit, so it's easy to see the scarab the nightmare. The rumble about stuff it. feels
2: cool. It's it's the HD rumble is subtle. Great. Yeah, like you feel it mostly when you lean from left yep. to right. If you lean to the left side, you'll feel like light sparks yeah, yeah. at first, and the more you lean, the heavier that side gets. I think yeah. that's really cool. But uh, on turns or and you especially feel it when so when you fire at a boss it's sort of this buildup of energy and it sort of begins amasses around you and then shoots straight yep. forward towards the boss and you feel that leave like i almost care you feel like it just like oh, some yeah. energy some force just got it's, sent it's, out it, it's a better hadouken than that weird mode in the last yes, game we were talking like it about nothing, what, it, what it feels it like
0: nothing like that so primarily in this game you're playing as this like shiny metallic beetle right this scarab looking thing mm-hmm. and as you take turns uh you you have to hit the a button to really lean into them at the right exact moment you ride right over these sort of like um kind of like beeping blinking light things that you can hit right at the right moment too and getting the right ones shoots this projectile at bosses or enemies now when you take a turn the wrong way like too soon or too you know too early or whatever or too late um th- th- a layer of metallic skin rips off of your beetle and it is Islandly. like it's violent it's terrifying I, I really love it there is nothing like this on switch right now now um, and there's really nothing like this in, in the rhythm genre but specifically as a game to play on switch uh, I love playing this game in handheld mode with with headphones on mm-hmm. with the screen like three inches to my face it's not VR but it's damn close and it feels really cool like no. tape
2: it to your glasses yeah you go. could do that yeah, no it, 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 and I noticed my hands are just grabbing the controllers a little tighter because of how uncomfortable it feels we're talking about like using sounds that are almost like strings so you know when you watch the Dark Knight whenever the Joker's talking, you'd hear sort of the yeah. violin string, yeah. and it would just yeah. get louder and rise and rise. And there's this just sort of nasty energy that comes with it. And I'm not someone who necessarily feels something like that when I play video games. It just, it feels very uncomfortable and it's very effective yeah. for something that's happening on a screen. I can only imagine with PlayStation VR when you're in complete immersion, yep. like in that space, like what that must
0: feel I'm, like. I'm happy to hear that you weren't the only one getting finger cramps from this game. Cause I was like, I think that's what it is. You're tense. And I'm holding, like, I didn't get this playing any other game on Switch, really, for the most part, but, like, I would hold down that A button on turns like it was, like, like I was driving on a highway going 200
2: miles an hour. Well, and especially nailing, like, the perfect uh, sort of hits, because you can sort of make a turn, right? You could even hold to the right side and just hold A, and you'll just hit the turn because you're already (laughs) leaning on that side. But the grace and the skill and the part of the game that is built for people like me who just like the perfection of the audio performance, you have to hit it at the exact right moment, and you'll hear the sound effect changed. It is mm-hmm. is noticeably different when you nail it with perfect timing versus if you just got it. Right. Um, it's a hard game.
0: <laughs> it really is. It really is. But one of the things I really do like about it is, I mean, we play so many rhythm games that are uh, sort of like song based, right? And you play a three minute song and it ends or they're, they're level based or structure based. The level design in this game, the, they just flow right into each other, which I really, really adore. Like you'll be playing the first level and then you're like, this is a really long first level. And you realize you're on the fifth one and you're getting graded in between them, but they all flow into each other. Yeah. And then bosses pop up. Um, there's like Omega bosses that are even harder. Like yeah. I really think this is a really cool thing to see on Switch. It's exactly the kind of indie support I wanted to see on the system when we first heard about it. Um, games that I didn't think would work as handheld games are now really working as handheld games, and I think yeah. that's a really cool phenomenon to see.
2: I agree. And, and last thing on this, I, I'm glad it's out. I uh, definitely recommend it, and it sounds like we all sort of agree. Yeah. Definitely worth checking out. I was a bit bummed that I don't think uh, Nintendo's doing a great job of promoting this game. Ooh, no, I think I saw. it's because uh, it, it, it's from another platform but you know we get a weekly press release that sort of shows hey what's coming up on switch and obviously the big thing for them this week is a little game that's coming out that we're not going to talk about this week but we're going to come back to next week fire emblem echoes shadows of valentia and buried in that press release somewhere is oh yeah and thumpers out on switch it's, today. it's like the fourth line from the bottom
3: yeah i'm yeah. just like that's and it not may have cool. been short lead time to maybe it arrived a little earlier than they
2: expected right if it's going to be your game a week yeah. shout it from the rooftops man yeah. like that that's your job well, still time you know? talk yeah. about it again next week.
0: I mean, I think that's like, that's, that's what it's all about, right? Like you bought a new Nintendo handheld slash console thing. And like, you know, you want to spend a couple bucks every week or two or whatever, spend 10, 20 bucks, like every couple weeks, like don't sleep on thumper. Like yep. if Nintendo's not doing a good job of promoting it, like here we are, like, it's a really cool game. Check it out. I noticed the exact same thing about that press release today. And it's like, what yeah,
2: like I, I to look for it, at least in the U.S. Yeah. I'm, I'm signed up for the Europe press release, the and they actually did a better job of bumping it to the top. Right. But uh, I, I, to I, I top. was disappointed by that. I really think that there's more effort to be made uh, in order to keep people being aware about Switch. Uh, really quickly, I, I didn't build in uh, Project Rap Rabbit into this, but since we're talking about yeah. a music genre, game, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on it briefly before we move on. So this is, I mean, it's a little bit of a throwback to like the classic Parappa, the rapper, yeah. like rhythm yeah. game genre. Yeah, right you know, this is Nanan Shah yeah. the Parappa the Rapper guys with Ennis this is the and Don uh, Elite Beat Agents guys
0: Guitar Man as well yeah. right yeah
2: I worked on Guitar Man yeah. as well and they're making a game together it's with amazing. a rabbit that raps but no gameplay only concept art and they want to raise money on Kickstarter. Yep. Yeah,
0: there was a Switch Stretch Goal, which I think the entire campaign for the Kickstarter in general was very high, and they reined it in a little bit. Yeah. Switch Stretch Goal, five million goal. for Switch. I think it's down to one point one, so 1. point five, 5 million yeah. now. Yeah, um, I'm into it. That's I like I like the concept art. I, I I miss this era of like sort of quirky rhythm games like sure. this. I mean, Nintendo does them here and there, but mm-hmm. um, I dig it. I feel like, uh, and I said this on Beyond, but I, I was really hyped on the idea of Parappa the Rappa for. A long time mm-hmm. until i replayed the hd remake of it and oops, i was like Ooh. Oops, oops yeah i was like how oh, did i stop the oops again yeah, that didn't uh, age so well but yeah. then again there's a, like there's so much has happened in that genre since its inception that i think yeah. that like uh i'm i'm open to this i'm yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see hey, it. look
3: i mean the parapa lives off the music yeah. right the music in Parappa is still great like every song is funny the characters are quirky and so that's a true test here like will they be able to do do the genre justice not just mechanically hopefully better than Parappa but also with the music in the art. we didn't release any music files or anything yet. no
2: and that's the best way to sell it and also like or a demo even like I feel like in today's world after we've seen some kickstarters that did not live up to expectation stern glance at Mighty Number 9 stern glance at I'm there are others that are just not coming to mind I mean even ukulele let some people down you know to a degree although I think that game at least looks good and I My hopes are all pinned to Iga. Iga, if you're listening, please. Bloodstained? Yeah, 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 yeah Bloodstained. Uh, I forget the rest of the Castle, stuff. Castlestania. Castlestainia, yeah. <laughs> Castle thanks. Um, I just feel like uh, for a Kickstarter in the modern era, you need to really bring your A game to promote and show people what it is, and I don't think they did that. So I, I won't be pledging. I will be cautiously optimistic and yep. wait and see. If it comes out and it's great, I will absolutely reverse my decision, but I feel like if you were trying to sell me on this, I just don't think you did a great job.
0: Yeah, I I agree, and I think um, it's... it's the, you can only carry so much off of the nostalgia or the idea of something. I mean, when we saw the Kickstarter for like Shenmue Three, you're like, okay, I know what Shenmue One looks like and two, um, three, I have a good idea, maybe, hopefully. I mean, that's still that game's still just a logo, right? And Ukulele was sort of just like, well, here's this team of people, here's concept art. I mean, they already started putting it in There's so much they had more. Some
2: of an engine though to show you. Yeah, too. they were yeah. like, oh, look at the and the most amazing strut I've ever seen. By the way, that the Ukulele and and Ukulele uh, looks fantastic. Yeah, yeah.
3: I Shenmue, I'm a backer, by the way, for like oh, really? signed edition or something. Oh, nice. I just couldn't resist. Yeah. I love the original game. Yeah, I played the uh, yeah, I the, played the <laughs> European sequel too, yep. uh, not released in the U.S. Yeah, I played that. Um, but with that game, at least you you knew what the franchise was. You know, know exactly what the game is going to be, and you've got this game designer who hasn't been in the spotlight. And So it's kind of a, a cool story, whereas like with this one um, – you have to take a bigger leap of faith. I
0: right? think with Kickstarter, the um, like publishers and game developers need to start treating the audience the way they would with a publisher, right? Mm-hmm. Like if if the three of us had an idea for a game and we were like Nintendo, we want to make this game. I would hope that the three of us could get together more than just like a pitch and some concept art. Like I would want to see an engine. I would want to see mm-hmm. something like to bring to that table to sit down on Shark Tank or whatever the hell mm-hmm. is the video game version of that and be
2: like, this is our game. Mm-hmm. You want something there, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm a big believer in Nanan Shah, specifically Messiah Matsura, who I think changed everything when Parappa the Rapper came out. I mean, that is the equivalent of a video game musical to me, and I, I love it. And no one ever really did anything else with it. So to see an attempt, I'm excited for that. But, yeah, uh, we definitely have have our thoughts on it. Let us know what you think, nvc at uh, IGN.com. Let's uh, transition over to round two, where we're going to talk to—we have special guests in the office. Patricia Somerset, the voice of Zelda in The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, was here. And we just had a few questions for her, sort of hearing about her preparation for the role, uh, how she got the job, and a few other details. So why don't you check that out? Listen! Hello and welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat, and this is a special interview segment. I'm here with the actor behind Princess Zelda and Zelda: Breath of the Wild, Patricia Somerset. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. I mean-
2: <laughs> this is this is this is cool because uh, very uh, on our show we haven't had a chance to really talk to voice actors, so you're sort of our first, and I've been hoping for this oh, for a while. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, and. Ironically, in your career, uh, you're also taking or you've taken on for the first time the role of a very iconic character in Princess Zelda. Before we get into sort of how you approach the role and and sort of working with Nintendo, I wanted to ask you how you started out as an actor.
1: Oh my gosh! Well, I came to acting actually through figure skating. Okay. Uh, so I grew up um, figure skating from quite a young age, and I did a lot of I'd say a lot of you know Disney on Ice sorts of uh, skits and. Um, dancing was a really big part of my childhood as was singing, I suppose. So I think those were all sort of precursors to my acting career, um, and just performance in general. Um, but yeah, the competitive ice dancing eventually led to
2: acting school in my early twenties. Okay. And this was up in Montreal or? It was, it was
1: around the States at first. Yeah. And then, um, ultimately the acting school was up in Montreal.
2: Got it. Got it. Okay. And so then, uh, when did you sort of start doing voiceover work specifically then uh, Mm. as part of that transition?
1: Voiceover specifically for um, actual projects. Um, I think I've always been a bit of a parrot from when I was younger. That's uh, something that I've always loved and been a bit obsessed with, <laughs> uh, doing jingles and that sort of thing. Um, but the voice work actually started when I was at school, when I was at my undergrad. Um, I kind of just loved the classes where we had to put together our own demos and that sort of thing. So I, I kind of took to it right away and just started pursuing it while I was still in school. Mm-hmm. So by the time I graduated, I'd already done several projects for like little bits of radio and then, um, you know, working on little indie games and stuff like that.
2: Sure. But then you also worked on, uh, if I uh, remember your resume correctly, stuff like Assassin's Creed or... Uh... Yeah,
1: so that came a bit later after I'd been sort of working on voice work for a number of years. Yeah, and
2: even For Honor, uh, you have a character yeah, in there yeah. as well, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm a night warden for honor. Okay, uh, okay. Pretty badass game, yeah.
2: Okay, nice, <laughs> nice. But then, uh, th- so talk a little bit about then how you landed in this particular role. What's all what the, like, how did you learn about it? Uh, like, did you know what you were getting into?
1: No, I didn't. I mean, I, I mean, it was pretty amazing to find out when I did figure out what it was, um, when it was broken to me that that was actually what I had landed. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just made a pretty fresh, like a, like a full move to LA had been something that I'd been thinking about going back and forth for a while. And upon doing that, I, I had submitted materials to different casting directors and from there, um, you know, like motion capture demos and um, my little animation demo. And so I, I was invited in for an audition and I prepped the audition with my, you know, the the whatever the um, yeah, description that I was given, uh, went in. Got a callback for that. Uh, several weeks later, went in for the callback, um, and then found out that I'd landed this role. And I was like, "Oh, awesome! This is this is fantastic! I'm so glad I made a <laughs> great impression." And uh, and then I found out that it was <laughs> that it was Princess Zelda, like shortly before recording it. So that was kind of uh, it. Just
2: flipped my universe a little bit wow is that is that typical with sort of uh, uh, sort of roles like this like are you not told the specifics and it's just like okay here's the kind of character we want and we yeah. want to see if you can sort of do that or deliver that's very
1: that. common in games just because secrecy is so important and you know it's just it's so easy for people probably to want to leak things and so yeah it was all kept very under wraps, and that's often been my my experience in a lot of the games that I've done. There's a lot of code names used and mm. you stick with the nicknames and stuff yeah
2: do you remember what uh, persona they wanted you to prepare for those very early sort of uh um, mm. you know attempts at like just okay, showing them what you can do
1: yeah it I mean I don't think it really moved so much from what um was ultimately i think I showed them what they were sort of going for without realizing that's what the, that's what I was doing but um you know there was it was a princess character of some kind um you know the age was vague mm-hmm. um except that she was young but had but was an old soul like those sorts of things uh you know weight of the world on her shoulders like feeling the pressure of um her family composed poised strong mm-hmm. um strong female and royal um you know mm-hmm. so yeah, those were those were what I was going for and those were you, you do see that description in a lot of different things. So yeah, yeah I, didn't clue in. <laughs> I didn't clue in at all. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, princess, yeah this, that, yeah. And I was
2: like, Okay, and then they finally uh, <laughs> they finally tell you and like so I, I yeah. guess I should ask, like, did you have a prior connection to the Zelda series before uh, this sort of appeared? And they're like, Yeah, you're Princess Zelda for us in this game.
1: I mean, obviously I was very familiar with the with the Zelda series. Um and our first console in our house was was Nintendo, so we, we played a lot of Mario Brothers was our main thing. We were mm-hmm. crazy for Mario Brothers. We did uh, a lot of the trackpad and duck hunting and those sorts of things. Yeah, <laughs>
2: we, totally,
1: totally. we just love that. Um, and we definitely played the original Legend of Zelda. Um, I've dabbled in other games like Ocarina of Time and uh, Twilight Princess. Those are the ones. and. Generally, like, after getting the part, I was like, wow, I'm going to get my Hyrule Historia and start, like, looking into more of the, the complete lore and everything like that. So,
2: got it, got it. And does that sort of—that um, then helps you sort of assemble a little more into that character, I assume?
1: like, I mean, it like does, but also, like, I guess as an actor, I go for the main human themes that I'm given, so— I, I just really go more from a theater background like you look at the script that you're given you do the research around it and then from there you you build like what the stakes are what does your character want what um, you know what do they need what are the relationships to their environment and so those are the clues that I go from obviously a lot of that is written into the history very much sure. but because there is new ground in this one um, I really just go from like what is the human perspective in this
2: yeah yeah so then uh, I mean I think the biggest challenge I would I would think as an actor, though, is that this character has existed for 30 years without an actual voice. I mean, there's been a character voice through the written stuff that we've seen in games like Ocarina of Time or in games like Skyward Sword, but this was an entirely new dimension. Like, How how do you prepare for something like that, for a character that's been around for so long?
1: Yeah, well, I mean... (laughs) First of all, what I try to do is just settle down and like <laughs> see what was in front of me, and be like, okay, the only thing that you can really do is your best, uh, inject it with as much life as you can, and take direction in the room, and um, you know those are the things that you that you do when you're trying to make something feel human and. Um, and that sort of thing because like if there are no voices to go from obviously she's had like little little grunts and sounds and stuff like that but it wasn't really the direction that um they were intending to go with me that's why they chose that voice so you just you you just got to trust that you just have to trust um what you've been given and and the team and the team effort and i did feel very well supported so nice nice
2: so then is, are there sort of different versions of the character you presented? For example, like is, is there one that uh, is sort of a softer voice, one that's sort of a more determined? Like, or did, did it just come together as, okay, we've identified it early, the exact character voice we want from you?
1: I mean, yeah, I can never be entirely sure what, how that happened. I haven't really been, um, given that information afterwards. But what my experience was, was I think more of a testing of range of the dynamics of the complete voice. Um, and probably I guess the grains and the timbers were something that they were seeking out. Cause that didn't change a heck of a lot from when I first, uh, when I first started into it. It's like I came in with an offering and, and for the callback, it was pretty similar, and um, but it was more like testing different scenarios that the voice might be in and
2: stuff like that. So, so do you have a sort of a favorite scene?
1: <laughs> I do have. I, I kind of I've narrowed it down to two scenes that I particularly All right, love. I figured, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, spoiler alert, because I don't want to spoil anything. But okay. obviously, everybody, you know, that's so we'd have to be like, I oh, it's so good to be anything. upfront about that. Yeah, I yeah, no, definitely don't want to spoil anything for anybody. So if anybody doesn't want to be spoiled here's the time (laughs) to turn it off um i yeah i'm a huge fan of the the frog scene i guess just because i grew up loving frogs as well kissed many a frog as a child right out (laughs) of the pond so i I loved how she was so goofy and nerdy in that and really enthusiastic and you saw part of her that was very light and just completely in her element i loved that scene and of course Oh, the scene where she you know things come together for her and you see that she's gonna be able to essentially unify herself. I'm trying not to like just state it out loud, but like you know that like that that amazingly powerful scene where things come together and mm-hmm. and the music kicks in and she's I guess recording that was so phenomenal to do. It was like a it was a real magical moment yeah. in the studio and just you gotta you gotta feel for her <laughs> you just like you're like, yes, thank yeah. goodness that came together, obviously.
2: She has a very complicated relationship with Link in this game. I think more so than any Zelda game I've played before where uh, it's almost like they're adversaries for a little while. And then yeah. you see them sort of grow. I was just curious of your thoughts on that.
1: Ah, uh, Yeah, the, the sort of the bitter kind of cynicism of Link going out to do these things that she is not allowed or given the trust to do. And then her trying to access her own... Magic that she she desperately is studying to try to find and uh, you know, using science, all these things to try to make up for the fact that she is not whole, become you know coming herself. Ah, I mean, it's just so understandable. Um, but it is it's quite it's got a nice dark tone to it. and it's very dramatic. I love that dimension of it. I mean, it makes it so much more human
2: mm-hmm.
1: to have those uh, to have that relationship between her and link, yeah, it opens up a whole new new thing i think
2: for her kind of Trying to <laughs> find words to describe um it definitely surprised me especially when you see that early cutscene where um you know she's sort of ordaining him i guess as a knight and you know the champions are all talking about him and talking about how uh it, there is it's not the usual goings-on between these two characters to someone who's a series fan so yeah. and, I was just like wait what like really like this is how we're going to kick this off especially because like when you look at, like the last game there was a lot of admiration they were almost like uh two uh students at Hogwarts you know who had <laughs> for each other that's that's how the last yeah. game sort of framed them whereas this one was a uh, was a bit uh different um were there any difficult scenes for you like scenes that it, it took a long time to figure out or just uh sort of to yeah to land on what would make it work like what, what were some of the more uh difficult scenes mm. to maybe pull off?
1: That's a good question. It's funny because they don't necessarily s- stand out in my mind. Like, there's so many things going on in the room when you do a dub session like that, mm-hmm. um, and it's just—it's not just you. It's also people technically, you know, piecing things together at the same time. So you're just constantly there, just trying to just trying to inject the best performance you can. Um, when you 're given the time to do it, and oftentimes that 's like you know the computers go and they come back, and um people are trying to like sync something up or maybe the dialogue might change a little bit, so then you have to re examine it i don 't know if i i don 't know if I had any particularly challenging scenes i I think just grasping the thing as a whole was it just—it was really epic at the time, and and you you really just kind of hope for the best when it's that large, and you just go, "Wow, I just hope I'm I'm doing the best I can, and that they're responding to it." And um, yeah, they, I felt very supported in the process, though. So um, and the direction was pretty specific; it was pretty detailed. So okay, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any like particular moments, but there wasn't really. I mean, it, it all was—it all had technical challenges, and yeah, it was it was a very focused room.
2: Do uh, they expose you to some of the other performances, just as sort of a, a character study, in a sense? And mm-hmm. if so, which ones?
1: Um, I got a few uh, snippets of the the Guardians as we went uh, as we went through. Okay. Um, I got to you know I got to play off some of the things that had been done previously, like um, you know with my father. So by the time I recorded things with my father, um, some of those had been done. It was it was an emerging thing that had you know at got first it. no, and then as it went along, I was like, oh, there's the other characters. Got
2: it. So what the other actors? Because these are usually yeah. solo sessions. Uh, what yeah. about the other versions of Zelda? Did you ever get to hear what they sounded like at all? Just out of curiosity.
1: A little bit, a little bit the Japanese version. Okay, got it, got it.
2: And is is that something used as a reference, or is something just so you're aware this is what. it it sounds like overseas
1: that's i mean a little bit of a little bit of both like it is a reference to some degree but i mean it it was in quite a different direction from from that one so um I mean yes and no. Like there yeah. were there were different rooms to be in. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, so do uh you must have friends who are Nintendo fans who like after they found out you landed this gig, like are they like hounding you for voicemail recordings or things like that? Like open your eyes as a as a Yeah. <laughs> what's been, it been like since
1: I've been trying to avoid doing uh doing too much of that. I you know, just to keep it all like keep it all safe and and, you know, copyrighted. You know, it's all copyrighted. It's not for me to do really. But uh-huh. um oh yeah, yeah, have Yeah, I've been geeking out with some of my friends for sure.
2: (laughs) I still remember my reaction at last E3 because we're we're playing uh, sort of the early build of the game, which is the start of the game. And you're greeted by this voice. And Nintendo was trying to be coy, too. They, they didn't want to, like, outright just say, oh, that was Zelda, yeah. at least when we saw it at first. And then they owned up to it. But it was like, oh, my God. Like, wait, what? Like, she she speaks. She's, she's a character now. And this yeah. is uh, a big step for them, uh, just given that they, you know, it, it's more about it's always been more about the voice in your head. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then, you know, have you been called back in yet to record any DLC? Is that is oh, Wow? That as if I that as if
1: I could tell you anything like that,
2: <laughs> <laughs> is that a nice straight non answer? <laughs> nope. That's just a non answer. Okay. Yet. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Fair, enough, fair enough. But I, I would assume you're looking forward to it because this is still part of. Uh...
1: I I am looking forward to whatever they throw at me. I but really like where I am with my career. I just I take what's in front of me and I. Go, So this is amazing Uh and I'm running with this right now and I'm open and available and enjoying it and celebrating it. And then from there, I never know. So it's like, that's just how it goes. So I don't, I don't take anything for granted. And I don't, I'm always like cautiously optimistic about everything. So
2: it's a good (laughs) attitude to have in general, I think. Uh, Then what about uh, the reaction from fans? What's that been like? Uh, Just, Mm -hmm. this is a beloved series, like probably the most beloved uh, to Nintendo fans around the world, uh, especially in in the West, clearly. Um, What has that been like?
1: It's been, uh, I mean, it's, it's, changed my day-to-day. It's, uh, it's been really, really interesting because I am on social media um, and I've made myself available for fans if they want to reach out. So, you know, you, there are both sides. You get people that are just like crazy coming at you, which is uh, there's, you know, the trolling aspect of it as well, um, which is something that's new to me. Um, but, you know, i I'm getting used to it now. You just have to sort of grow a bit of a thick, thicker skin whenever you're sort of put in the public like that. You just have a lot coming at you. Um, but I get, I just get approached by people every day that just reach out and they're so excited to tell me that they love me, and I'm just like, wow, how did this happen? <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. it's really crazy. Like, uh, I mean, just you know, a couple of days ago, for example, I um, somebody messaged me on my Facebook and said. You know, I just want you to know that um, I'm just so amazed by your work and I love you. And my kid, uh, her first birthday was the launch of the Switch and of Breath of the Wild. And we named her Zelda. And I was like, oh, my gosh, send me a picture. I got a little selfie of this adorable infant in a Zelda shirt. Her name is Zelda. And I was I'm so moved by these things. Like, I I, I just want to. Hug
2: everybody. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know what, yeah no, that's, that's a magical that's a magical feeling, and I I can only imagine it comes from again like just being that kind of a, of a franchise, like something so many folks have connected with. That's amazing, like to just get to experience that. I must say, it's it's really it's
1: strange and magical. I'm like, how how did this happen to me? And it, it's very humbling. Yeah. I mean, with the th- thousands of artists that put this franchise and this game together, and then people approach me first sometimes, and I'm like, whoa. Hi. <laughs> um,
2: and yeah, I'm very appreciative
1: of it. It's, it's really interesting.
2: Yeah. Are there any other memories that sort of stand out in your mind from the recording sessions? like sort of and yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll leave that there first. Uh, oh, I'm trying to think stories that stand out that's like, oh, yeah, this one time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm trying to think I mean like uh, yeah, I, I feel like all of them, every time I entered the studio was it was just a really big. A big deal for me. Uh, that was—I mean—that's kind of. I love voice work. I love all the projects that I do, and I always like—I always like skip to work with this kind of work. I'm like da da da. That you know, I'm really happy to do it. Um, but yeah, this one, it, it, the the gravitas of being in the room and, and watching things unfold, and just being in contact with everybody when that was happening, um, it was all really memorable. And I just you know, you just want to grab onto everything with a project like this because it's just really special in the scope of your career and. Um, yeah, I eat a lot of green apples during this, more than I've ever eaten before. I love apples. Yeah, what a
2: curious like, choice.
1: Yeah, it's really good for the acid and the crackles in your mouth. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Lots of green apples for some reason.
2: Yeah. Any, other, <laughs> any other sort of preparation or, or uh, sort of style things in there?
1: Mm. Yeah, I did I did a fair bit of prep before I'd go in for my sessions each morning, just sort of warming up my timbers and stuff no, no, like no. that. Uh
2: and how long was the recording? Like, was this like day long? Like, or oh so? no,
1: they do it in, in shorter shorter chunks. So, like, I guess like four hour sessions, kind of standard sessions that you would get for most video games, okay. like roughly that. So it would depend. It'd be like maybe sometimes a two hour, sometimes a four hour, n- never really more than that.
2: Got it. Got it. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, and I'm I'm very happy for you and and to hear that a lot of folks have connected with it. That that's a good thing, and that's great to hear. And I hope uh, I look forward to the next bit of work uh, that we know you'll be working on with, with Zelda. Uh, <laughs> really excited to learn more about uh, what what Nintendo sort of brings to that because they've never done that for Zelda before. Not only has it not been voiced, we haven't had DLC, we haven't had something that continues that story. Um, so I'm I'm really excited.
1: Ah, oh, thank you. Me too. <laughs> it's a pleasure. pleasure. All right. So then, lot.
2: tell the folks how can they find you on social media, or what other things can can they sort of look forward to you yeah. uh, sort of putting out there?
1: Uh, cool. Um, well, I'm um, I'm shooting some TV things. Actually, I can't even really say what they are yet because they need to get approved. Uh, a couple of other games as well. I'm doing some motion capture on a pretty exciting game uh, coming up. Um, but yeah, I'll be I'll be announcing all these things on my my Twitter and Instagram. I'm pretty active on those these days. Um, which is at somerset underscore um, for both of them (laughs)
2: all right awesome well we'll definitely keep an eye on you and uh, lots of luck uh, for your future endeavors thank you very much appreciate Uh it all right so there you have it folks Uh, we're going to switch over to our next segment so don't go away I'm Jose Otero I'm joined by Brian Altano I'm joined by Per Schneider and really quickly a bit of housekeeping for you Fireteam Chat has a Destiny 2 blowout this was a big week in video games because the Destiny reveal event went down and so uh, Bungie showed the first campaign mission called Homecoming which our Fireteam Chat guys got hands on with they also got hands on with the inverted Spire uh, the new Strike and Crucible uh, PvP which apparently uh, there's a new mode called Countdown that you should totally check out here with these. Guys had to say they all went and played it. There's a bunch of stuff going up on ign.com right now. So remember the pro- the podcast is Fire Team Chat. Make sure you check that out. You're dying to play this, aren't you? Of course I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As one of the guys who like, yeah, I absolutely. I, I spent- we used to we used to play Destiny together
3: a bunch, and then eventually like life caught up with me, and I'm like, you know, I just can't dedicate the hours anymore. He was hooked. And up. He he kept. Mm-hmm. The, I think you played like nine thousand more hours. I played after a lot. That. Yeah,
2: Ridiculous. I still play today, uh, even though I don't get too involved in our Destiny coverage much but I do want to transition us over then to talk about the other big event this week uh, which was there was an arms direct and uh, also a Splatoon 2 uh, single-player campaign trailer, which we should talk about. Let's lead off with ARMS. Uh, I also got to play ARMS last Friday, Ooh. so I saw some of this stuff. Uh, so just to briefly recap, the roster is now up to 10 fighters. Uh, they showed off Kid Cobra, Twintel, and Bark and Bite, mm-hmm. uh, which can best be described as Kid Cobra is this purple and green snake-like character that can kind of slither up and around punches. Twintel is basically Bayonetta in ARMS form. She has gloves on her Hair. She sort of has pigtails, and they swing out at people. Oh, sweet. Um, uh, and she's got an interesting physique. Um, and then finally, <laughs> uh, there's Bark and Bite, who is, can best be described as a wind-up RoboCop with a canine uh, little assistant. I, love, I love that
0: character right there so I think, much.
2: I mean, one of, one of Arm's strengths... <laughs>
3: Uh, is, is, <laughs> I'm leaving is, Are you kidding me? It's the character design yeah, right? yeah. Like I, Every character they show Like from the very First kind of reveal I'm like Why does that guy Have toothpaste for hair Like you see each character And they're quirky And they're strange And one character's Based on a bowl of ramen, it's like mm-hmm. They're so wacky But I really think Like aesthetically They look really cool By yeah. the way There was like There's a, a some sort of Secret character In the background too So they are obviously More than these ten characters well, and they too. They right?
2: said uh, they're going to continue supporting this game yeah. with free updates post launch, which includes new characters, new stages, and new arms. Yeah, which that's the Splatoon treatment right there, and yeah. that is a smart way to sell a video game because you're 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 promising more and you're not charging people for it. Right.
3: But what I really like is that the characters aren't just changed skins they're actually unique right like uh, with what is Bark and Bite you've got, you've got a character that's like Master Blaster right that can come apart and get back together kind of yep. fight like that you got this Mr. Flubber looking dude like oh, yeah. everybody Helix. is slightly yeah. different in
2: how they feel and handle too yeah and they don't like fall that. into genre tropes like I'm kind of I remember that era in the 90s and even uh, in the 2000s where every popular fighting game had a knockoff version or knockoff versions of characters it's mm-hmm. the difference between like street fighter and art of fighting yeah it's uh you know virtual fighter and tekken went at it for years well I let's know, and
0: like let's be totally honest together. like that it was also racist as hell <laughs> it's it like in the 90s they're like oh there's a ninja and an italian and a jamaican yeah. and here's the the soft-spoken french guy you know like yeah.
2: no absolutely and uh, the the big surprise to me on playing it for the second time because i did play it uh f- just for a little bit at the new york event was it uh it's built around around a street fighter like system. It is very much about, you know, the triangle of punches, beats, throws and throws, beat blocks and blocks, beat punches. And it's that, Mm -hmm, that sort of triangle of figuring out how to, best your opponent, um, it's nothing like punch out. Like it is very much about your, your resources and your punches. They're precious. Like the minute you let them fly, you want to get a hit because you're waiting for them to come back. Uh, and I, this game is all about mobility. It doesn't and movement. slow it down too much. I don't think so yeah. because it, it, well, it's on you, right? Like if you, if you were silly enough to go one, two, you are waiting for them to come nah. back, but you can also use punches to control space. So you can fire, for example, uh, like a chakra is this ar- w- uh, arm that has an arc. And you can send that over the left side, and while you're pushing that opponent to the right, then fire out an ice dragon that will fire, and then just hit him with a laser that can slow him down. Yeah. Um. So there's different ways you can approach it, and if not, you can always hit the rush and just. That's when you flail, and that's right. when you go nuts, like swinging
0: at the. I at the I mirror. really liked your uh, preview for this game. Thanks. Um. It's the first thing I've read that like truly sold me on the marriage of motion controls and traditional controls that this is doing Uh, and I think that works with the ebb and flow of how conversational this game is and sort of like you know you're yelling and then you're quiet and then you're yelling and you're quiet and you're waiting and stuff like that and the idea of like you are throwing uh, certain attacks with motion controls but then you're moving and dodging with everything with traditional controls I think it's very smart and it it's it like you said it this is not we boxing right and I think it's very important to reiterate that like and a lot of people who have seen this have been like this looks like a game where you're just flailing around a lot, and I think if you're bad at it, that's maybe what it is, and that's yeah. how when I first played it, that's how I did it. But yeah. I think oh. there's a
3: lot to be learned. To- Absolutely, it could be frustrating if you if you're not being careful. You're you might be waiting a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Like it might not be as fast as you want it to be. But there's so many different options, and certainly like the the curving. The curving is a really cool element, and when it works and you hit somebody,
2: you feel really good about it. Yeah.
3: My only worry, as always, are the motion controls. After you know the the ha, Hadouken.
2: No, it's ha- yeah, a way of the Hadouken. Ken. Um. Yeah. No. That that specifically is is sort of what I feel this game is pushing back on. Yeah. And I feel that. Uh. And I it was. It, it's funny because there was a bunch of other like outlets there, and it feels like we were all in agreement that it felt good, right? Like it didn't feel off. You, you at the same time, you're not there to like exaggerate. And like throw your arm out. Uh I will not name who at the event did that. Uh that shame on you. That was really silly. Um, but uh, to your point about curving punches, a lot of the additional modes seem designed around helping you get better at that. So they announced a mode called V-Ball, where it's basically volleyball, and you're trying to slap it into the other, like, just like a game volleyball. You're trying to smack the ball into the area. The, bo- the right. ball will explode if it hits the ground, by the way, mm-hmm. so it'll damage them. But more importantly, you can reach over the net and just slap it to the other side. Like You don't have to wait until the ball's on your side, which I think is hilarious. That's awesome. Um, then they have a mode called hoops, which was my favorite. Maybe it's just because I grew up uh, in the Bronx and playground basketball was a thing. But every time you go for a throw on a player and you're within the three-point arc, you will uh, just slam dunk an opponent or put him through the hoop for two points. If you're beyond the three-point arc, you will fling him. And just from downtown, just and put them through. Uh, that includes if you activate a special, you'll be able to launch them over there as well. And it's just a fun, silly, you feel completely disrespected when someone slam dunks you through the hoop. Huh. Like, I was just like, oh man, are you kidding? <laughs> Wait till I get up. I'm going to handle this. <laughs> this sounds, this um,
3: sounds a lot like the Smash Brothers setup though, where you have your kind mm-hmm. of core mode and you have a single player mode obviously yep. too. And then you have all these kind of slightly different, kind of more playful modes.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. But I think, uh, and maybe this is the case with Smash, but uh, I haven't thought about the modes this way. I just feel like this game is specifically trying to teach you a new skill. It Mm. is specifically trying to get you comfortable with the idea of sending out a projectile punch. It's very much a fighter meets a shooter in some Mm -hmm. respects um and i think that what i appreciate most about the modes is even the next one skill shot is very much you are sitting across a target range from an opponent and you're trying to hit more targets than he can or she can Um, and you can also take jabs at that person while they're playing to sort of free up some space and the more targets you hit consecutively the higher the bonus points for you so these all just feel very carefully and then finally there's one on 100 which is very much a smash brothers mode but i think you're right too like target practice i mean to me like i saw all the modes i'm like man is this like are they trying to harken back it's to smash no yeah very much that's a great that's a good observation um they also confirmed all the ways you can play it so do joy-con supported with motion control you can play with attached joy-con on handheld mode they didn't let us play it that way though okay i was very disappointed about that
0: attached joy-con on handheld mode
2: yeah so basically like a handheld no, like no motion, but yeah. no motion No stuff. motion yeah it'll it'll work that way i know that uh based on impressions i read uh, i think edge got hands-on with it when they did their cover story is uh sounds weird. doesn't sound as fluid as the way motion feels. Weird. I know motion felt great. Yeah, I think that designing this game around this next controller option, which is you can play with a single Joy-Con, so you can do mm-hmm. two on one system, um, and then it also supports Pro Controller. So every way you can play a Switch game, you can play it on here.
0: That's good. Oh, that's so cool. Cause, yeah, because I, I always like try to figure out where a game like this fall, like what bucket it falls into, right? Like we were talking about Street Fighter earlier. Like you couldn't do that motion control thing mm in bed or in on the couch. Like if you're in the kickstand mode and you're As
2: just you're hanging, waking up your wife, again. Yeah, you're on an airplane or a train. Um
0: but this one sounds like it works in every configuration, but it seems like it predominantly leans towards motion being the best way of controlling it?
2: Uh so far all signs point to yes. That's cool.
0: Yeah. So can you talk about the
2: single player? Like does it is it story based? Does it feel like a classic st- like so, fighting game? Yeah so they have a mode called Grand Prix. They didn't let us Try it, but apparently it's a road to the championship style thing. Uh, you have to fight ten fighters. There's this mystery boss that sort of got hinted at in the direct, but they didn't really no like get a lot scenes, of information. Right? No story scenes? I don't think so, yeah. but they did try to set up this direct with story. I mean, and I feel like in Splatoon, even you got like small bits of story through yeah. like some of mm-hmm. those, those like signs and secret things you find. But here it's more told by little Mr. Fisthead or whatever, right? Maybe like I'm not sure. Character. Like we didn't really get to experience it. So I don't know. I know that when they set the stage for like, well, in the the beginning it was mm-hmm. to me that's a hint that there is some of that okay. in there but nintendo likes to make that stuff optional they don't yeah. really force it so you're right if you finish the game i wonder do you get a cutscene and with yeah. a championship belt on like is there a fun aspect like that not entirely sure um there is a global test punch this is a big deal because it's happening twice uh so the first uh, weekend is May 26th, 27th, and 28th. Uh, check arms.nintendo.com if you want to know the times. And then they're going to do it again the weekend after, June 2nd, June 3rd, and June 4th so just in like, North America. If you're in Europe, it's Saturday and Sunday, yeah. not Friday, Saturday. Just you can, like Splatoon. So you you can play can da- for free.
0: You can download it on your Switch right now. Yes. So preload it. You get the little icon of arms on your screen. While you're in the store, uh, grab the Disgaea demo, because that's there too. Oh, they're nice. hiding that, oh, but nice. it's yep, yep. there and all your uh, progress carries over to the full game. But yeah, this, this looks really cool Man, I'm yeah. I'm super into this. I think that like the amount of single player stuff is, and the extra modes are really good to hear because mm. I think predominantly, like, I won't be playing local multiplayer. Yeah, but versus, l- we'll yeah. see what we'll see what like how it all pans
3: out. I'm curious about the online stuff too. Mm. And I saw the you know in the footage I saw the lobby, which is wacky. Like you have like ten characters f- like filling a lobby, right? Yeah, or, yeah. Was it even more? Yeah, it, was, to, it was like a bunch. No, it
2: was up to it was up to uh, so ten systems, yeah. twenty, so two so up parts to systems, 20 people. 20 people in one lobby, and then you can jump around between different modes. It has like the circles, you can put the characters together in
3: circles to to face off against each other. It was a really unique lobby system. Yeah, I thought it was very cool. Silent
2: again, because the app is still not out, right? Well, my other concern too is that, uh, and we've talked about this on the show before, but I just want to reiterate like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is fantastic to play, Mm -hmm. but the online experience is not great. Um, And the fact that I, I'm not sure if a lot of folks... I, I'm imagining a lot of folks are complaining, but the reason you can't lobby too much because you're not paying for it. This is yeah. free. But regardless, it is below standard significantly. If I want to join a race with Brian, I have to hope that this, the, the, the gods and the, the, the systems and the servers align so that a path opens yep. and I can just join his race. And I think that's embarrassing in today's era of of, of, of video games where like everything is very carefully calculated, all about lobbying up yeah. and playing with other players, um, and this is the second multiplayer driven game coming out for switch that is not going to have an infrastructure in place that should be there I, it's frustrating to me
3: yeah it feels like I mean Mario Kart it feels like there's steps towards a better user experience like I can when you're on and we're friends when you're on I can see you online and I can hit the join Jose button mm-hmm. but then it spins the wheel of fortune right like even if you're in a in a race with eight players only there's a chance that I might not get in a bunch of times before for the gods deem it worthy of you to join.
2: And so they just patched Mario Kart recently, where yeah. now up to two people can spectate waiting for to yep. join a race instead of just one. I think that was a so big reason for the collision that may help the problem. But I still feel that uh, if your strategy was to lean into these very online, community-driven mm-hmm. games, it is more and more a sign that your online and needs to get out there. Now, we've all speculated... Splatoon 2 will be when the when the chat app appears, yep. and will start to sort of be this free option for you to try before you buy, and then they talk about how much it costs somewhere between August and the fall when they finally start laying yep. out, okay, here's what our online is. But until then, yep. you are leaving players in a pool that doesn't feel like it's right. Yeah, mm. and and not to
3: make excuses for Nintendo but you know the first two games you know Mario Kart and uh, you know and Arms are competitive and so i feel like the chat is is it's valuable for friends hanging out in a lobby it's not as valuable for the actual gameplay Splatoon it's a must that's a team based game right. so the ability to communicate with your
2: your teammates is much more important yeah, but even with Mario yeah. Kart right that we you we were talking about is uh, the, the, Cops the team and mode, yep. mode yeah. yeah so like specifically no, that's like true, that, yeah. that uh, Renegade Roundup is all about that yep. um i just think if this it's is Time. Switch, Yeah, it's time. Switch is a hot platform, which we guess uh, quickly should talk about, that it was the best-selling console for the month of April in the United States, according to the MPD group. Sold over 280,000 units um, in the month of April. Uh, comparison, launch month, which started March 3rd until the end of March, was 906,000. Mm-hmm. So definitely signs of Nintendo not getting enough product out yeah. the door. That's a difference of over 600,000 units. Yep. That's a shame. Granted they weren't going to have another 900,000 for for April. That's not yep. the point. Point is, you need more systems in the in the ecosystem. Roughly, though, we can estimate that one point one million one hundred eighty six thousand switch owners are in the U.S. alone.
3: Demand's there, and I mean the Mario Kart sales figures—over five hundred thousand sold in like the first two days—just shows yeah. you shows you there's a lot of demand for this thing. People are snapping up the games. Now, some third parties are probably kicking themselves in the butt that they weren't there at launch. Yeah, you know, like that—that's a gamble that may have paid up paid off for some right well
0: i mean we've heard the the sort of like you know we remain dedicated to the blah blah, blah and the the wait and see approach right yep. well here we are yeah. you know like yeah. when we saw the wait and see approach they
2: waited and they saw when it came to wii u and they left no nope, yeah. they show and up they for it. the switch presentation they kissed the ring yeah and they- <laughs> like, all right we're out <laughs> well we
0: we'll, we'll we'll even saw like back. i mean we'll uh, back uh back later ubisoft the other day w- they said oh we actually have m- more switch products in development they, they, they said they have one that they haven't announced yet
2: oh i wonder what it yeah. Yeah, that's it's weird. Like, yeah, that ah! one. What, what is it? Oh, What do you think it is? I don't know. It's, uh, maybe something about Luigi. Uh, no, it's a, it's a Zelda crossover. Uh, yeah, yeah. Good. Zelda and uh, Rayman are fine. I was hoping we'd it get it a work. new Zelda this year. Yeah, there it is. Uh. Um, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe sold 550,000 units, as yep. pair said. 460,000 were physical copies, according to MPD, and 90,000 were digital.
0: I think that's. It um, feels low what uh for digital? Yeah. Yeah, I, w- I was saying this and uh I got into a uh conversation with some of the people on the Nintendo voice chat Facebook group which you can join. Um just talking about like the preferences when it comes to physical and digital on on something like the Nintendo Switch. Um I'm as as I get older, I I want less and less sort of like physical clutter when it comes to discs and and cartridges and stuff like that. But I understand the appeal of collectors and especially the Nintendo fans mm-hmm. are people that ha- have grown up with Collections of games. Sure. It's something they've seen since a very young age or their entire lives, and so I will never downplay that. So I think wow. it's really interesting to see. Um, whereas I think if Mario Kart or a racing game of its caliber were to launch on a competitive console, I think you'd see a lot closer split in mm-hmm. digital and physical. And I think on Nintendo side, people just really want that cartridge, and plus the box art's awesome. You know, yeah, and switch yep. cases are so cute. Like no, I totally get it.
2: Yeah, I, I will say though, if I was a retailer, uh, namely Target. I may have grounds to be a little annoyed with Nintendo, only because uh, as as part of my weekend adventures, checking out like different stores. Uh, yeah, I love that find you do me that. In and and wherever uh, your nearest mall is, if you're in uh, the Peninsula area of San Francisco, um, you saw there are a lot of uh, aisle displays packed to the gills with copies of Mario Kart Eight. But no switches,
3: right, um, and, and target so, it 's it's more than just the aisles target
2: has like freaking like Mario balls yeah yeah, they in have in like the a, parking yeah, lot. they have a bunch of product With around, um, and I, I just hope that uh, the, you know in, in Mario kart it 's an instant purchase right, yeah. like the minute someone picks up a switch, I think that uh, the, the numbers already show they 're gravitating towards that game. It makes you wonder too, if when Nintendo looks at Mario Kart. Is it? Are they happy? Is it a job well done? Should they have done DLC? Like those questions are going to linger. They're answering that question already with arms. So we know arms is getting free DLC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With Mario Kart, it was just port it, move on. Let's just keep moving forward. So far, it seems to be that.
3: Until the thing just keeps on selling, and they say, say, can't we release some more DLC? Packs? Animal Crossing could get sure. one three Maybe years say later. Never. Yeah, anything is possible. I never say <laughs> never. I remind you all of the Smash Brothers will never have DLC. Statements before Smash Brothers came out. Yeah, I
2: mean, too. Yeah. That, yeah. We, we I mean a lot of fights on how we're they would sure it. Got a lot of yeah, you know, if DLC. You,
0: if you're watching or listening, and you're one of those millions of people that is trying to get a f- Switch, keep trying. You know, do all the things we said a couple of weeks ago on the show. Yep. Go back, you know, listen to it. Yeah, go back and listen to it. Um, it's, it's hard. It's difficult. I have like anecdotally, I have friends from the East Coast that just sort of send me texts. like, how do I get
2: my kid one of these switches? Or are like, on the East Coast. Send them to the Nintendo World Store. The oh, Nintendo interesting. New York. New Nintendo you- World New York has us. Uh, when I was in New York two weeks ago for the uh, t- 2DS XL. Sorry, I'm going to no jump way. right back to you. I went two different days of that week. They had a healthy pile of switches. Oh right On wow. the counter on the first floor. But
3: if you if you live in the U- U.S. as well, remember there there are other options, right? The Japanese uh, switch has the same AC adapter, yep. the same uh, you know you can switch the thing to English. So if you're desperate and you need one, especially with some re- unique looking bundles now coming out, you mm-hmm. might have uh, you might want to look at Amazon Japan. Some Apparently,
0: other. they're really easy to find in Australia too. Like it's just it's it's very
2: odd how it de- how the chips yep. fall.
0: With all this stuff, but
2: yeah, it makes you wonder how distribution is looking. Um, interesting. So there was a Splatoon 2. Uh trailer, but actually, before we get to that, let's talk a little bit about some of these accessories, Pair mentioned. Yeah, sure. so there's actually some pretty cool Switch accessories, which we're going to throw into the video version of the podcast. We will do a better job of trying to explain what they are if you're an audio listener, but if you are an audio listener who is uh, interested in seeing them, you I can... Ju- yeah, I love these photos. You can uh, head on over to youtube.com slash into the voice chat and check them out. So first, we have the sort of Splatoon 2 bento box all in one package <laughs> uh, that you can basically fit a dock a system, uh, a couple games, uh, controllers, the AC adapter. It all fits in this neat little lunch pail that looks like it fits right in front of a bicycle. Yeah. In Japan, they have the little bike baskets. Yep.
0: Outside of like backpacks and stuff, I think this is the largest, uh, sort of most robust first party carrying case we've seen for the Switch that actually has room for the dock and has room for everything
2: else. And look at that zipper. Oh my. Like, yeah. The yeah. zippers are fantastic because it's the, the little squids. Yeah, the have cool r- a purple inkling squid and a, a neon purple and a Neon Green. The cool running theme
0: with a lot of these new carrying cases and and just general switch cases is that they all have this little rubber uh, keychain hanging off the side of them, and they're all themed differently
2: based on the games that they're celebrating, which I think is great. Yeah, they are fantastic. So this is uh, 2,280 yen, yen, which was roughly the equivalent of 23 bucks, um, depending on the state of the exchange rate. Then they uh, announced and this was announced a couple weeks ago. This didn't come with the Splatoon or ARMS information that came this week. Uh, There's an ARMS... uh, there's a case for a uh, Switch that is ARMS-themed, another one that is Zelda-themed, and then finally, one that is Mario Kart-themed. The ARMS one is my favorite. Awesome. It, it is entirely yeah, yellow. Like it has really nice detail, but it's not overdoing it with multiple colors. Um, and then the zipper is Spring Man's uh, Essentially, it's a boxing glove on a boxing yeah, glove, a boxing an boxing arm, glove with great. his springy with uh, what is the blue and purple coil. The funny thing is, it's
0: it's like a big
2: neon yellow case that just says arms <laughs> across yeah. it. What? And y-
0: the three of us have said that so many times yep. that we get it. But like to the uninitiated, <laughs> like some kid walks and it's like arms. I-, I want arms stickers for like, all my extremities. Again, wow. arms are guns. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, oh, I Oh, I see. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I see.
2: Those guys. Like these. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you're listening, Jose's kissing his muscles. Yeah. His bicep. Uh, what, or what's left of it. Uh, there is a Zelda case as well uh, for Breath of the Wild. It is sort of a, a white on gray, black design. It's Pretty cool, too. Link uh, in the pose that you saw around the DLC. When the DLC was yep. announced, there's a very particular pose. Link's in, and over his shoulder, behind him, is a guardian. Mm-hmm. And the zipper is a little sh- tiny, 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 tiny sleeve. Yeah, yeah, it looks really cool. Oh, I, mean, I want it. And I want finally, it on my keys. Yeah, and finally, actually, I had one on my keys and I lost it because uh, they don't uh, snag too well. Yeah, they had it at GameStop. I, in all of these weekend travels, I gotta buy something, so yeah. <laughs> I bought that, and I was like, why did I buy this? Uh, there's a Mario Kart 8 Deluxe uh, case as well. Bit too colorful for my it's taste. like so underpants. It's mostly a black design background with uh, a bunch of character illustration and decals going across it. They're all sort of angled at the same direction oh, it's my favorite one and oh no you like the underpants one I, no, no i don't like the underpants one i like the <laughs> mario <laughs> girl one. i don't think it's as bad as Pear says either but paris not a fan uh, it doesn't the, say arms across it <laughs> hey 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 i <laughs> underpants. Say, oh, so You not know what <laughs> all right fine this this case looks like shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was, hey. it's fine but it's uh, when are we gonna get this in the u.s i love uh, that one. so far nothing Worth japan that. gets it july 28th and these cases are each roughly 34 35 dollars uh so ain't cheap not cheap uh, just like your your iphone or your uh accessory cases finally and this is my favorite because it comes in two in several pieces but there is and there's already one of these in the u.s technically i think a third-party manufacturer makes it but think of um you know for your ipad you had like that fold over case uh that just yep. sort of just protects yep. the screen a little magnetic one so this looks like that but at the same time you can use it to prop the switch up as it kicks in like a kickstand mode. Right. And position it so you can, guess what, charge it. And play That's awesome. And charge at the same time. That's Um, really cool. It it looks nice, uh, and it has uh, separately, or maybe it's included, a privacy filter. I wonder why Switch needed that. I don't know. What's coming out in Japan? Some grabby, grabby garbage game called (laughs) Senran Kagura. That's right. I said it. Um, (laughs) If you ever see the trailer for this thing... uh, if you're into that, I'm not going to judge. So this us. is for people who want to play it on the subway
3: and don't want people judging them. Okay. I Silent judgment
2: yeah. right. always, but yes. Okay. Um, and that's not to, we've lost Brian. Okay. <laughs> oh God, that's a <laughs> grabby, like grabby garbage game. Well, uh, a big fan. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a fan. And uh, if I mean, I look, regardless, regardless comment, of what we feel apologize.
0: about that genre of games, Maybe just don't play it somewhere where people can see
2: it. You no, know? Now you can, though. Now you can. No, but it yeah. doesn't mean you should. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to stop <laughs> before I get us in trouble. Uh-huh. Uh, all right. And that's it, uh, at least on the on the uh, accessories front. Uh, there's a Splatoon 2 bundle in Japan. Ooh, that that's what I'm talking about. Neon purple, neon green. Oh, they're, they're really red. good looking. So they ones that they're bundled together yep. with the system and the game. Not announced in North America. Sorry, kids. Do I have to um, buy j- the system
3: to get the freaking Joy-Con? No, oh, they sell
2: them separately, too, in Japan. Okay, Pairs already doing the math about,
3: like, how do you get two greens and two purples? I like, got the yellow ones coming already, so I'm going to have... You're um, going to have 12, 12 red, Joy-Con? two blue,
2: 10 Joy-Con in your house?
3: Two yeah. red, two blue, four gray, two yellow, and then I got to get the Splatoon one. That's 12. G- that M- is more, control <laughs> than- <laughs>
2: more controllers than systems can ever hold them. At least she can go over to Paris <laughs> with just the with just the tablet. And
3: I hope you don't judge like your wife for buying shoes or bags. Yes, she, uh, she has two shoes for every color in the spectrum of the rainbow. Okay, so good. Okay. So, okay. By, so by your, awesome. not the main colors, everything in between. Get too. It's a joy yeah, so I'm, <laughs> That's my my revenge. Is little little plastic controllers. I'll show her.
2: Yeah. she <laughs> are just going to be a whole She'll learn of her lesson. Of <laughs> Clearly. All right. So uh, moving moving on, uh, there was a Splatoon two single player trailer that we should talk about. Uh, this was really cool. Um, if you remember Splatoon 1 had had the same thing, had a campaign. It was very abstract and different than the multiplayer that you played, right? Yep. There was a lot of cool skill test ideas like platforms that moved and, you know, having to sort of illuminate your path by using ink. There was cool stuff like that. This trailer kicks off with a new social space, which might be Inkopolis Plaza, I'm not sure, or just a, a, a sort of different section of town. Right. What makes me think it could be is just that it seems to have taken place in the future. This is after the Splatfest, the final Splatfest, where... Callie and Mari went against each other and Mari ends up winning. Callie disappeared. Uh, I think this. there's this I love how they built this. Drama. It's like wrestling. They God. built this wrestling series. There's a Squid Sister story on Nintendo's Tumblr. You should check that out uh, for Splatoon. And uh, yeah, they've been building up that these two had a rift. But um, you find out that Mari's on her own. No one seems to remember her because she's like, you remember me? I'm Mari. And she does the hands thing. Right. And the Inkling does not even. The Inkling's like what? Night. Different like, generation. And It's a very cute moment before they kick into the quirky music that I love about Splatoon and specifically the levels and the design themselves which look fantastic. The
3: single-player trailer is just... It's just... Nuts! Yeah. It's completely crazy. I mean, like, just looking at the different character designs, I mean, there's some there's some humanoid enemy that pops in, and then there's an oven popping out bre- bread, right? Like, it's just complete bonkers what you see. And, and
0: you guys, I mean, you guys know, as you, you know, try to rattle my cage to get me to play a Tennis Platoon last time around, I'm not the biggest online multiplayer guy, but between the single-player campaign, which looks gorgeous and crazy and is giving me major, like, vibes of Mario Galaxy 2, yep. um, and the horde mode that they're adding, now that uh,
2: salmon run yeah
0: Yeah. um i feel like i'm totally buttoned up on justifying a a purchase of this game just on those things for single player
3: stuff you love it man i I, i'm not i'm not someone who plays a ton of um versus multiplayer i play a lot of co-op but this game i just kept on going back to and obviously it's team-based so you're playing with friends against uh Mm -hmm. against strangers too and uh, this, this looks like you know it's, it's got all the multiplayer stuff where you love from the first one and then the single player looks stronger this time around like yeah. it just mechanically like it seems to have so many more like toys you can interact mm-hmm. with you you saw where um, you know the inkling is, is splatting some sort of uh, some sort of roll that can roll out of the way yeah, and like, yeah. they, they, they had a
2: they like. had a moment too where you're like riding the trail of what looks like you're riding a trail of ink that's being left behind by a rocket that's floating yeah. ahead of you and so it's just this really cool almost jet set radio moment which there is a part of the community that loves a mashup idea between these two franchises because they very much have sort of a similar contemporary, yeah. futuristic, but wild and wacky sort of atmosphere. Similarity in um, music, too. Yeah, so wacky. Splatoon 1's campaign specifically drops the ball on uh, weapon variety. Yes. You basically were sort of only sticking with uh, the most basic forms. And I feel like this game is already up to, off to a great start because you saw a lot of weapon variety in the trailer. Yep. And you even saw something that in the middle of the trailer, uh, it shows up roughly within the beginning. You know, there's a Sheldon request. So if you don't remember who Sheldon is, that is the shellfish that sells you weapons. Way too chatty. Someone needs to shut that kid up. But uh, in Splatoon one, but um, you can basically have new weapons sort of dropped in the middle of a match, and you'll have your gatling gun, you'll have your uh, ink brushes, your octo octo brushes, whatever yeah. you need, like will show up. I don't know in- entirely how they're going to balance that, but the variety alone has me excited because. On the first game, they locked that behind amiibo and i didn 't like that very much like there were specific challenges that involved specific weapons you had uh, the the splat charger or you had the roller. Or I can't remember what the third one was. But uh, regardless, I just was not satisfied with that. Right. Um, so I feel like this is already off to much better side. Lastly, uh, they showed a boss that looked like a stack of ovens yeah. <laughs> complete with pop-out yeah. bread that comes out during the attack. And it it's all has, great. like,
3: faces. And it's Each
2: the, the bread weird, like, face. square that tries to squash you, too. Yeah, like and there was eating. a... An octoling, a really oversized octoling, on a tiny little unicycle, and uh, they end with him swinging a splat roller at the camera, which I just thought was really funny because they also do this great uh, synchronization of da 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 da, and you're like, oh my god,
0: they're having they're having a ton of fun with this franchise. It shows um, from from the character design to the art direction to the 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 music and colors and everything like that. The the fact that the single player in the first one felt like a little safe, which is an odd word to mm. use to describe a game about squids turning into paint, but <laughs> here we are. Um, but the second one feels completely off the rails in the best ways possible. I'm really excited to see what they do with this thing. But it just looks really creative.
3: I mean, unlike I, Nintendo, Nintendo hasn't created a ton of new characters over the years that, that kind of stuck with us, yeah. right? Like, if you go back
2: to, like, you know, Mario, Zelda, Even Pikmin does really have a great, like, that's one of the more new examples yeah. of a character that never really hit that strongly outside of of a passionate group of people. In in Japan, like, the Pikmin are very much beloved, right? Like, the small characters. Olimar,
3: though, is kind of the cipher of the series. Mm -hmm. But, like, the Splatoon characters, I feel like they're... They're really good. Like yeah. Just the, you know, kind of like the brattiness of them, the way they look, the squids, like the, the really bright colors, like it owns those those crazy like soda pop colors and everything. And then the mu- the music, like you can't, I, I don't really know another game that sounds like that.
2: Yeah. And, and it very much, I wonder if it captures just that vibe of that tween teen culture, yeah. right? Like just very sort of like showy and look it's at what like I'm wearing. wearing. Well, I don't give a crap. And right? it's the it's, drama.
3: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, it, it but it's back. done really well. In and I feel like authentically it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's cute and they're lovable characters. And then every single shopkeeper is just so weird and quirky on top of that. Yeah. But yeah, it's the music in the trailer already sounds awesome again.
2: Yeah. No, I, wait, man. I, I can't wait. Um, I think the only thing on uh, Nintendo that you need to address with Splatoon 2 is that multiplayer has real changes behind it. Because when we saw it at the very first global test fire, we saw a product that despite new stages and despite a new style, um, roughly, right? I mean, new pieces of style in terms of hair and in terms of uh, some weapons and and, and tweaks and balances, in fairness, it's still a system that I can't change loadouts between matches, that I have to back out um, in order to do X, Y, or Z. And I just feel like the smarter way to approach this is to make sure that folks have that flexibility. If you're balancing the game for that reason and that's why you don't want people to change weapons in between, then be upfront about that because right now you haven't said anything. Yeah. Right.
3: And, yeah. and the Mario Kart fixed that particular issue. You can actually change your kart and your setup in yeah. between. You can even turn off the crazy yellow little antenna in between matches yeah. when you're playing
2: online. And so they obviously thought about it, and Splatoon is the game that needs it the most. I think so, yeah, especially for one that uh, you can tell, especially in Japan, they're going to push and, and really yeah. try to make a success. The first game did uh, super well for them there. And that's our show. We got yeah. we got through it all. Another one in the books uh, for Nintendo Voice Chat. Ding. Yeah, Jose. We'll yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, finally, uh, there was uh, besides getting flipped up by my boss on a podcast while I'm shuffling. But that means nothing. That that means that's what nothing the inklings means, do. So apparently uh, there was an update for Mario Kart 8 uh, that among some of the tweaks and changes, which included the spectator thing I brought up, yep. removed a gesture that naughty naughty little inkling girl was doing. Did you notice that? Uh, yeah, I used to do this gesture all the time when I was yeah, a kid. I up in italy you weren't supposed to yeah. do this gesture about just like hey yeah, yep, yep. The man And uh, she would only do that if she passed the character it was removed and altered um i don't think people are that angry i can't tell give it a minute
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's still young <laughs>
3: The issue is still new yeah, on the yeah. internet. No, I, I mean, I think Nintendo just didn't know, yeah. you know, and like, and culturally, the gesture means different things in different countries, and that's most right. people don't care, right? And like, it comes across as just her going like, like, you know, she's doing the reaction guy. Well, that's something. all she yeah. does
2: now. She just no. she, she raises her fist, which that's
3: it. Still indicates angry yeah. driver, but not as angry. Right? I mean, yeah. I never even like noticed it. Like, I noticed the gesture, and I never thought about it twice. No, Honestly, I, I mean, like a middle finger would have been something you immediately. Well, know I, about. I mean, even
0: I, Jose and I are from the east coast the middle finger is still like a wave yeah. <laughs> at, that, at that point mm, yeah, like once no. they start cursing and dropping f-bombs on each other on the fdr drive that's a different yeah. story yeah. entirely entirely
2: yeah, it's a Jersey hello. It is. Uh, it that, is a Jersey it, hello. That, well, the Jersey hello got removed. It's, in, it's endearing, you know. No. Yeah. Um, but definitely uh, make sure you update, and uh, hopefully it will solve some of these spectator issues, yeah. too.
0: And if you miss it, just head on over to mo- the most beautiful state, New Jersey.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there we have it. All right, well, thank you for listening to Nintendo Voice Chat. And don't forget that we are a weekly show here on IGN and that there are multiple ways that you can keep up with us. First of all, obviously, on the IGN.com homepage, just click on over to Shows, head down to Nintendo Voice Chat. If not, you may see a clip-out version of this show on YouTube.com uh, slash IGN, but you can catch full episodes on YouTube.com slash Nintendo Voice Chat. It's ours, and we're not giving it back. Um, finally, you can leave us feedback. Head on over uh, and send us an email to nvc at IGN.com, or just write us a review on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, we try to keep up with all of it. Um, and thanks for another great show, guys. Like yeah. We did it. We made it. Make sure you check out Fireteam Chat's Destiny 2 reveal. I'm telling you, it's cool stuff. I'm excited. Pear's slightly excited. I'm Ryan does excited. not care, but that's okay. No, I'm, I, it's good to see you guys happy. Yeah. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Go watch Link uh, Together with Zach Ryan.
0: We put up we a great go. episode today.
2: And there you have that, too. Uh, finally, you can find us all on Twitter. You can find Brian Altano at Agent Bizzle. You can find Paris Schneider at Pear Agent. And you can find myself, Jose underscore Otero. Thank you so much for watching. And we'll be back next week with more Nintendo in the Voice Chat.